welcome to Life in Private Staffing with me, Philippa Smith, MD of Silver Swan Recruitment. As we all know, the private sector is a pretty crazy one. Not only can it be very challenging to work in, but it can be pretty lonely too, as let's face it, no one really understands what it is that we do. So let's come together, help, support, educate and inspire one another, and hopefully we'll have a laugh along the way. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Here we are again. Uh, another episode of the Life in Private Staffing. Hope you're well. Looking forward to today, we've got Georgina on. I've known Georgina for years. I placed her in a chalet role. She'll have to, she'll have to tell you when it was. I'm going to say five, six, seven, eight years ago, maybe eight years ago. And yeah, she was back from my sort of old school ski day. So really keen to sort of talk to her about her journey into the ski industry, out of the ski industry, into the private industry, and more recently into more corporate world where she's working more as an EAPA. So lots of career points and career points of discussion that I want to discuss today. Uh, a lot of people ask about EAs, route, people ask about the sort of PA, people ask about how to get into the private sector. So loads of indus- in, uh, interesting discussion points. Uh, before we do, I don't know what I, what I need to update from you from my side, um, other than it's now November. We're only going to do a couple more of these, I think. We have decided that the podcast in its current form has run its course a little bit. So I'm very grateful to all of you listening with the same format. We're still doing it. Don't worry. We're going to start a new podcast in January. I've got a new marketing team in who are just brilliant. And basically said to me, your podcast is getting really boring. Not in the sense that you've got got lovely guests with very interesting stories, but the format needs a massive mix up. Fair enough. Good job. I'm thick skinned. I can take it. Um, But it's also very true. So, and to be fair, we've done four years and it's been very similar sort of discussions about people's careers. And what we've sort of discussed our end is we feel that we could add so much more value with this podcast. So there's so much interesting stuff that we do in the office. There's interesting things that we talk about, maybe unrelated to the private sector, more about recruitment, more about stuff in our personal lives that would make for interesting listening. So I think we'll release, I think we've got a couple more of these that we're going to do and release. We'll take us sort of through till mid-November. Then we're going to stop. And in January, we're going to come back, fresh new branding. We may even change the name. It's going to look completely different. It's going to feel completely different. It's going to sound completely different. So I'll still be here wanging on. We'll still have guests, but not all the time. And we're just going to have loads of different segments. So um, lots of different segments. Segments will change each week, but we'll have different guests on. Um, we'll do a little bit of their um, people's experience sort of at the start, but then ask more sort of like direct questions, get some more tangible sort of advice and sort of output from it. Do loads more with my team. We're going to try and video loads more of it. We're going to try and um, uh, have some educational pieces about the private sector. We're going to have some funny pieces. We've got some funny people that work in our office. Get some funny people on. So yeah, so it's, we'll still be here in January, but it's going to look and feel completely different. So that'll be going into season five. Can you believe it? So that's exciting. We've got that to look forward to. Other than that, thank you everybody that's joined session one and session two of Tracy Jones's workshops. They've been um, sold out both times, which has been really good. I know that I'm oh gone. I'm naggy. I'm going to nag every time. It's, We've got four more to go. We've got some really good ones coming up. One about boundaries, one about conflict management, really sort of like a relevant stuff. So I know what will happen. It'll be the start of each month. I'll tell everyone there's tickets. No one will buy any because who the hell knows what you're doing come the last Monday of the month. And then we'll get really annoying because the week before the session, I'll panic because we've only sold two tickets. And then you'll all get messages from your um, consultant that you deal with. I'll then put more messages. You'll get more videos. I'll then beg. And then, um, you know, within a t- day or two before the session, we'll sell all tickets. And then we'll have a fabulous session. And fairly certain this will be the same process every month. So four more months of it. Sorry, guys. Um, so we've got the next session. Um, we've got our third session end of November. We've got a break in December and then we'll have our final three sessions of the six-month pro- six program in the new year. So that's coming up. 
We've got our UK event coming up 16th of November. Um, really looking forward to that. Anyone listening that's in the UK, even if you're part of our community elsewhere, if you're in the US community, but you happen to be in the UK or Saudi community or Europe, anyone that is part of our communities that happens to be in the UK, Thursday, the 16th of November, let us know, come join. We're doing it at our offices here at the ministry, very cool offices. And we've got a key speaker this time. So rather than just get you all pissed, I'm sure that will happen later on. Um, we want to start bringing a bit of value to these sessions. So we've got a keynote speaker. He's actually the partner of Tracy, Tracy Jones, uh, who um, some of you will know quite well by now. And he basically is special ops, special observations. And his job is mental. They go in deep into enemy territory before special forces. And they go in and they'll pitch up and they'll observe. They'll sit in a hole for 10 days and not move with four, three other people. Very intense environments. How do you manage conflict when you live in a hole with, you know, for 10 days with three other people? And if any of you move or make a sound, you get a shot. So he's going to come and do a speaker to talk about his life, his journey through the military, what he does now, what are some of the skills that he's had to learn that are very applicable into the private sector. So just interesting, man. A lot of people, you know, who work in the private sector are ex-military. So anyway, he's going to come in. We're going to do a bit of a talk. Then we're going to have some drinks. Really cool, completely free. Would love to see as many of you as possible. So that's coming up. You'll see more of the groups. Other than that, nothing in particular other than, you know where we are if you need us. Busy as always. Yeah, let's get on with the show, shall we? Welcome, Georgina. Hello, Georgina. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, good. You're part of our UK house manager community, I believe now, aren't you? Yes, I am. Which is fabulous. Do you find it useful? Yeah, no, it's really useful. I find it really, really useful, yeah. And it, it's a nice way to connect. I, I wish I'd, like there was something like that many years ago now. It feels like many years ago, but... yeah. I feel like it's, it's most useful if you're in your first job, if you've just entered the industry and you don't know anything. That's when it's really, really useful. But then even now, it's good for recommendations, I guess. And, I, and also, it's quite good because you can now put back into it. You've been doing it a while. You can contribute, you know. Yeah, that, I enjoy doing that as well. It, it makes you realize how much you actually know <laughs> at times. So. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good point. That is actually, that must be quite a nice bit to be like, oh, yeah, actually, I, I've got a recommendation for that. So we go way back. We were just talking off air, weren't we? That actually we've known each other back from your ski days, yes. which I'm really glad we've got somewhere to start. Tell us how it all started for you um, in terms of how, what were you doing before the ski industry and what made you want to do a ski season? Um, so I basically, I went to university, studied psychology and cognitive neuroscience, and I originally thought, I wanted to go into like neurophysiology, um, diseases of the brain, but it basically was an extra eight years of study after I'd graduate and I actually fell quite ill in my final year of uni. So I decided to graduate and also during that time, I was doing a lot of work experience in the property sector, so um, more commercial development. Um, I did an internship, well, a summer scheme with Savills and looked at that avenue as well and then doing a master's there because you have to have a certain accreditation to be able to start a graduate scheme. Again, I had experience in different areas. I enjoyed it, but I thought the path of doing a master's was not for me at that time, because um, I was one of those people who puts a lot of pressure on themselves. I mean, I did very well at university, and I was juggling many things as well. So I was a school representative for psychology, um, got new rules put in, so 24-hour lab access and things like that and also had a job for two years at the hotel on, on campus and then also part of the tennis team and a captain in my 
my second or third year, I can't remember. But yeah, so I was very active and always busy. Um, and before that, even I worked in hospitality since I was about 15, 16, working in cafes, restaurants, pubs, always loved the people interaction, helping um, preempting people's needs, kind of just meeting new people and also dealing with different challenges and, and multitasking and working in different teams. And it was actually when I finished, I started, basically, I was working locally um, in a restaurant cafe and I got talking to one of the ladies. I think I'd just actually been away skiing or it was the year before and I'd stayed in a catered chalet for the first time and the host, she had been to Nottingham. And I was thinking like, I love to travel. I love to meet people. I love to cook. Why don't I go, go and do it? I ended up starting working on the back end of a, a very small company in La Rosier. And that was quite eye-opening as well because I, we had basically two chalets next to each other. I was managing it with another lady who she'd never really been exposed to that sort of thing and sometimes didn't turn up. So I would be juggling 20 guests, um, cooking breakfast for both of them before they had to get out with their instructor and cooking dinner. But I, I loved it. Like I just loved the cooking, looking after people. And then from then went on to Vines Got Done, which is more high end. And I worked in um, Mallorca in the villas. And then it was from there, I went to Courchevel and then again, Mallorca, and then ended up in Davos in Switzerland, where you placed me. It was a kind of a very different setup in that we had household training. So we basically had lots of families, but it was more private approach to service, um, very discreet. I mean, before it was very discreet, but it was another level, like as, as if you were working in a private home and you were also only in, a, I think it was a, a team of nine or 10. Whereas before in the villas and the chalets, you were kind of, there was a team of you, you were all placed in various different properties within the resort. And you did have your managers, but for instance, in Mallorca, there were so many properties that I think my final year, I just ended up managing the property myself. And then I'd also get moved to different villas to help train other staff. Yeah, it was great. Extremely hard work. Um, you were very ready for a rest at the end of the season. But I learned so much, my discipline, work ethic, like I thought I worked hard, but it was another level and you realize what you're capable of and also met some incredible people, some wonderful families and also worked in great teams, like highly talented chefs. Um, I was very fortunate and it was I just, yeah, learning from them as well and just being able to be creative. I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain just you opens your eyes to your abilities and how you can adapt so quickly and also like being able to preempt people's needs. It's, I used to remember so much like what, how someone would like their coffee specifically in the morning. So the point where they'd come down and it would be ready on the table for them just in like the perfect moment. Even now I think, how, like, how did I do that? <laughs> but, um, it was amazing. And then obviously working in Switzerland was very different in that. We were a team of nine. Um, it was managed. And then we had the driver and then the hosts, um, the chef, uh, sous chef. And yeah, it was, it was a, a very different sort of setup. And obviously we, we had WEF week, um, which unfortunately I had to go home for due to a family death, 
but um, it was unbelievable how the town just kind of shut down and transformed all the restaurants and shops and the high level of security. It was very eye-opening. And I've experienced the flip side of that later in my career, helping to organize logistics of someone attending WEF, which is also very interesting in itself. Just, just to explain to people, yeah, I, like I've been there during it. WEF Week is the World Economic Forum, takes the place once a year, always in Davos, where all the world leaders come together and talk about loads of stuff. Is there a climate, is there a specific climate one? It's the annual one. So I think they discuss all sorts of things. Yeah, so you've, you've summarised all that so well, because, yeah, you went in, just got done and you stepped up to Tivoli Lodge, two different companies, um, both in the luxury sector, but I'd say one slightly bigger, like you, you, your time at Tivoli is obviously a step above. Team of nine in a chalet is quite sort of unheard of. Yeah, WEF Week, um, I turned up, um, I think I came to do like a, I don't know, badly timed visit of some of my clients and it was WEF Week. Oh my God, like the place is absolute lockdown. You can't get in, can't get out. Armed men on every corner. And we turned up, the guests hadn't, the guests hadn't arrived. The guests had paid about a quarter, quarter of a million euros probably to be there. It was a bit, a bit of a quarter of a million. And they didn't turn up. It was an American uh, client. Didn't turn up. I don't know what for. And the so, so expensive to not turn up for in terms of what they paid for. And they'd had, um, they wanted all the TVs replaced with bigger TVs. They wanted one of the bedrooms converted to a bigger gym. They wanted them. They sent all their own linen and stuff. So a lot of effort had gone in by the team to get it ready for them not to turn up. So actually, it was a funny time to visit because the town was a lockdown, but a good time to visit Tivoli because I got a nice lunch. There was no guest there. Do you know what I mean? But what you were saying earlier about um, learning such a high level of service and remembering everyone's details, I think that's so particularly impressive in a chalet environment because in it, when you're working with a family full-time permanently, it's kind of to be expected that you get to know all of their teeny little like favorite things here and there. But when you've got different guests coming in week out, week in, week out, week in, week out, it changes. So you have 18 weeks of guests, like a real skill to learn the teeny little details of each person who's only there for a week. So yeah, just go to the level of service that you guys were delivering there. It is just, um, people really appreciate it as well. It's amazing how people don't realize what they are so used to providing that themselves and how nice it is to have someone just kind of take control and do it for them. Whereas I'm probably the complete opposite in that if someone offers me a cup of tea, I'll be like, Oh, no, it's fine. I'll make it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not very good at accepting people offering to do it, but it's funny. But it's um, it's so such a good time that you did that because I, I say this all the time. I just said off air before. The ski industry is a very different place now. I truly believe there probably won't be a ski industry long term. Not the way we know it anyway. Not from a cater chalet point of view. Since Brexit happened, like years ago, people say to me, "How do I get into the private sector?" And I say, "The best route in is go do a ski season or two because they'll employ you without." private experience you'll gain some incredible experience and then if you do that for a winter or two especially with a summer in the middle like you did with Scott Dunn you've then got years or two's experience and you can then naturally transition but which you did which we'll go into in a minute but like now it's near on impossible it's very very difficult especially if, you, if you're a chalet house to go do a ski season in Europe because we're British now and we can't go work in Europe and it's such a shame because now that route in isn't as easily available so it closes a lot of doors for lots of doors for people. So I'm so fortunate that I'd had my ski days back when I did and you did too, because we we managed to enjoy it whilst it was what it was, you know. Such a shame it's sort of so different now. Having said that, there are some chalets that still hire Brits. They're just very, very, very few of them. And a lot of them now still prefer to hire EU citizens. You then off the back of your seasons did transition to the private sector, didn't you? What how, what did you move into and what was that what did what did that sort of role look like? Um yeah, so when I started at Tivoli, we got training from the L- London Academy of House- Household Staff. 
And it opened my eyes to the opportunities out there. And one was being a house manager and PA. Um, and I found it really intriguing because obviously I, I love to kind of manage a property and then also to have a team as well, because I'd worked with so many teams by then and knowing what was kind of the level of standard that was required and then having to train some people up as well. Um, I found it really interesting. And it was basically from there when, when leaving um, Tivoli, I decided that I would just gain experience in different environments. So I worked in private estates, um, homes in London, different teams. The setup was very different across the board, live in, live out. And also basically did a, it was a lot of contract temping work just to purely to gain experience, to understand the environment that I've most thrived in. Honestly, at times it could get extremely isolating. That's one thing I found very difficult in some of the households that I worked in, you were kind of seen and not heard. You just got on with it. Whereas I was always used to kind of chatting and getting to know people. Um, and that's how I understood what they liked and how I could offer the best level of service. And it, I found it very difficult. And then I basically fell on the opportunity of working in a private house and I started off kind of just mainly doing assistant house management stuff. And then because I was able to show my ability, it grew into more of the PA, booking travel, diary management, etc. I used to travel one or two days notice. Um, they were in and out of town all the time. So it varied a lot. You'd have to prep the house. Um, I was doing the cooking. So everything from like uh, bouquets to cooking to I don't know, running out to run some errands. It was, it was so diverse and so exciting, but it was also like, you're kind of like an octopus. Like it amazed me how I could just adapt so quickly. Cause I was always, I think when I was younger, I was so used to kind of routine and, and needing that routine, but then it enabled me to almost thrive off chaos. And yes, at times I would, I did used to get stressed, but I would be running off that adrenaline to kind of just keep going, keep going and going from one thing to the other. And then it also taught me to be like, to manage my time better because there might be flights that I needed to book for also cook lunch. And we had guests turning up maybe in, in an hour. So it was like learning to prioritize, which was essential as well. And then also kind of the challenges of constant changes. So I might book a flight and then an hour later, I have to change that flight that I'd booked or... I basically learned to hold rather than acting on impulse. And yes, at times I do act on impulse still because it's like, I want to fix this. How, what can I do? And it's just a natural, I guess, care, caregiving sort of instinct you have in you. But I've learned that it's, it is important to sit back and take space. And I'm very fortunate to have learned that significantly from my current boss. And almost you can create more issues by not taking the time to process properly or create extra work for yourself because you're not taking that time to, to wait for any amendments or changes to, to take in force or further information. And maybe you might have more questions based on whatever is required. And it's key to, to be able to do that. Because I, I think sometimes you're so used to just being on it and making sure things are done so quickly and efficiently that you don't always have time to think. And I have experienced situations like that as well. It is just learning to adapt so quickly in different environments. 
that's a really good like top tip. The boss asks you to do something and you wait a couple of hours if you can, because like you say, it's highly likely things change. I've got clients like this that do it all the time. They act like knee-jerk reaction. Oh my God, we need a chef. A day later, oh no, we don't. Sorry, ignore that. And if I'd have just moved that quick, I'd have spent, I'd already found four chefs, do you know what I mean? And so sometimes they need jerk react. And if you need jerk react to, to, to look after them, then you double, you'll double up the work. You'll do extra work, won't you? Like you say, because you do the job and then have to undo the job and redo the job. So having that pause, if you know your client is like that, then have that pause is actually a really good tip. It's probably one of the good points to, to say to someone who's starting in the industry, for sure. You don't always have to act on impulse and it's learning to adapt where necessary. And also one thing I would say is boundaries. I was not very good at having boundaries and that had a negative impact on my health. You're used to being on call 24-7 and you don't realize, but it actually has an internal impact on you. Your body is so on all the time. When you are sleeping, you're not actually relaxing. You're, you're still like on the go, on the go, on the go. and it. It's now that I get told to to switch off and take time out. It's like when I'm struggling, I kind of go into overdrive. So it's that level of almost burning out because I don't switch off. And then I'm I'm pl- plugging emails and emails and emails. And it it's not efficient. It's not it's not always about working hard. It's working effectively. And I guess from such a young age, you're always taught to you should be working harder. You should be working longer. And it's not always about that it's working effectively in the time frame. And yes, I'm still learning and not very good at it at times. I openly admit that, but it is a constant journey and life throws things at you as well. So it's, it's juggling your personal as well as your, your business life. It's just, it's just important to be aware, I think, of everything that's going on. Yeah, for sure. I completely agree. And actually one of the one of the few good things that came out of COVID is um, this much more, uh, such a better consideration of people's wellness, mental health, all the rest. And I think, I agree with you. I think I'm not impressed if my guys are working 16 hours a day. I mean, highly concerned that they're working 16 hours a day. I'm more happy if they're working eight hours a day and they have a really nice evening, very well rested. They work smart, like you say, work smart, not hard. Um, I'd much rather they be um, really effective with their time and getting more done in less time and have more free time. But what healthy work-life balance is absolutely key. I definitely don't think some, I think some principles have caught on with that. There are definitely a lot of principles that have not, and they have no concerns whatsoever seeing their team completely burn out and just replace them time and time again. is absolutely mental This when people do that. And I think it's recognizing that and knowing when you need to step away from a position. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you don't look after yourself, you can't look after someone else. So... It's also really important to enjoy your job and it's physically impossible to enjoy your job if you're burnt out and you're absolutely stretched to the max and you've got no free time. Of course, you, you cannot be enjoying your job. I think it's so, so important to enjoy what you do. We spend more waking hours at work than anything else. Yeah, so many people end up trapped in roles that they're not loving. And I can see why you do kind of get trapped in roles. But yeah, so I know that from your private sector role, you moved into an EA role. And I want to talk about that transition in a moment. Before we do, just that role when you were a PA house manager, what was the team like around you? Were you a one-man band or did you, did you have a team? that you worked with then? Um, yeah, so I there was the house manager herself who um, was based in London. And then there was another lady who would basically, she'd come in and do a, a lot of the more of the sort of cleaning and cooking. She was only part-time and then also left to start a family. Yeah, but everyone else was overseas. Um, there was a, f- a family office overseas, but 
it was just basically we didn't have a huge amount of interaction. It wasn't until towards the end when we were organizing this huge event overseas that I basically got to to know people. But then also you'd have to, if someone needed to take holiday, the house manager overseas needed to take holiday, you'd go and step in for the short period of time. Um, And they also used to have dogs. So it would be looking after the dogs as well, which I loved. (laughs) But yeah, no, it it, it it was quite, again, isolating, but it's enabled me to understand, again, environments that I work in, but I would never change the experience because I grew so much as a person. At times it was highly demanding, but to be in that environment, you can understand the level to which you can push yourself, but also where you need to stop as well. And it was a level of experience, amazing, but again, a stepping stone forward to then move on to the next, the next journey. Um, and it was during my time there that I was basically like, I want to now make my way up to be an EA, which are more like off family office based rather than in the house. So yeah, that was that was my goal, and to have more business experience as well, um, and that's that led me into the opportunity and the job that I'm in now. I see it quite regularly. I see people go from a private environment where they're working within the home to staying within the industry, still working for a similar type of client, but much more EA focused. So they're more office based. It's more of a sort of corporate environment. They still tend to be involved in the personal life to a degree, but they just sort of shift their focus and take more of an interest in the business side of things, like you say. And I think that has been a really good move for many people that need the boundaries back that want the sort of like uh, a bit of a change so you made that decision um and so what's the sort of main differences from you to when you were a PA to now you're an EA in terms of the job that you're doing I'd say it was more supporting more of the the team um to a degree also the office management we moved into a, a new office as the team grew we're supporting the design and development of that and also, obviously, the business-related aspect of things and working in a team. I mean, I, I still do a, a lot of private work, which I love, but the business side of things is also so interesting. I was very fortunate to join during COVID, so I started remote. And we were only a small team, I believe. I think it was like there was four or five of us. And then now we're 10. And there was kind of like the boom in the tech industry during covid I work for a small uh, venture capital firm and I support the founder predominantly. And it's just so interesting. Like it was a whole new world to me, just like the innovation and just the incredible people that you meet. You think, how on earth do you come up with this idea? And just seeing how the tech just transformed in those couple of years. I am very fortunate to work for an incredible man. And he has taught me so much in my journey and the importance of self-development as well. Not everyone has that opportunity to to do courses or have the flexibility to take the time to do work that would enable you to grow. Um, And then also, if there was opportunities that I wanted to get involved with, like the office, you were able to, if you had the time, you were able to get involved in it. Again, it's a heavily diverse role and the team are incredible. Um, Everyone is so talented in their own right. They all have their different strengths. We just get on so well as well, which is is great. And it's it's a space where I feel heavily accepted, valued, and learned a hell of a lot from 
from everyone around me. And we just, yeah, it's amazing to be in a space where you're not afraid to be yourself. And if you are having a bad day, everyone has a bad day. You don't have to hide it. People are there for you. And I'm just so lucky. And over three years now, I've been there. The person who I was when I started to the person I am now is like huge. Wow, that's, uh, you know what, that's so lovely to hear. And like, I also am a big believer in self-development. And I feel like if you're not getting anything out from your role anymore, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. If your role is no longer challenging, if you're not learning anything, especially if you're not enjoying it. And so like, it's so, I agree with you. I think it's so, it's such a, you're in such a privileged position to be in a role that you really like for a boss that you really respect, who seems to really respect you and you're developing like massively throughout the process. That's like gold. Do you know what I mean? That's so lovely. Do you find working in an EA role, so more in the corporate environment, there is a much more significant definition between your personal life and your work life. Do you get to go home and clock off? Are you having to work all hours or how does your sort of working schedule look compared to when you're more of a PA? Yeah, it's definitely not as heavy as in you have more flexibility of your time management for sure and autonomy, uh, which is great. And everyone's respected that we all work hard. If you had something that you needed to do, an appointment, you're able to take the time to do that and then obviously continue and you manage your own hours. And and sometimes I, I mean, I, I work on weekends, but I'm not really supposed to. It's just the way that I prefer to stay on top of things. I mean, I get told like, just switch off stop <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's quite nice but it's also it's just just me and I can't help but be online but that's I guess I'm just used to being very good at communicating and I'm the same with my friends and family like I like to stay in touch with people so yeah. Well, that's one thing I think the private sector really does for people, whether you love it or hate it, it does instill an incredible work ethic because you have to be available all the time when the principals need something like evening, weekends, you. And I think if you move out of the private sector, especially if you continue working for ultra high net worth because they still, you know, have expectations. That's just who you are. You're, it's just part of you. It's just normal practice to keep an eye on things at the weekends and make sure things are covered. That's a good thing, you know. It's also like, if you love what you do, it's not really... Work. Yeah. So it's, if I'm watching TV, if I'm at home in the evening and I'm looking to book a trip somewhere, I'd much prefer to search super interesting places and accommodation than sit and watch rubbish TV. (laughs) So because I enjoy it, it's like new restaurant openings and things like that. It's, it's almost like a hobby as well as that aspect of the job, as well as my work as well. So it's, yeah, it's great. And it's lovely as well that there's still elements of your role that's keeping you within the private sector. You're still doing some of the personal stuff. Um, you're still obviously part of our community. So it's nice that you haven't got to leave an industry that obviously you were in it, you're in for a while and you really loved, but you're still able to create a slightly different role for yourself. You're just, yeah, lovely little setup. That sounds great. And as I say, I've known multiple people that have done it. I've had an EA on it before. We actually place quite a lot of EAs. There's definitely a good, you know, a lovely link and transition between the sort of PA, EA sort of stuff. But then equally, EAs want to move and do more of the personal stuff and move into the PA stuff, you know, and move out of the corporate environment. So yeah, lovely. Um, doesn't last, it goes quite quick, doesn't it? Half an hour. It does, yeah. And you're on a holiday today, given, given up your time on a day where you're on your holiday to come and talk to me. <laughs> very grateful. So what we're going to do as we sort of wrap up, um, quick fire round question, won't take very long. Are you ready? Yes. Fabulous. How many years have you worked in private in the private sector? Oh, um, probably 2017, if if you start from Tivoli, yeah, 2017. Was that when it was, 2017? Wow, yeah. It may have been me. Was it me personally that placed you in Tivoli or was it Matt? 
Um, no, Matt wasn't there then. That would have been me then, back, back when I actually did a bit of work. <laughs> did some recruitment, yeah, years ago. We still work, we still recruit for Tivoli. They're still such a lovely client of ours. It's lovely. Okay, cool. Um, what's the most frustrating thing someone in your team can do? I think just not being transparent. And I mean, I've worked in environments where the team aren't open. Um, and if there's, there's issues going on, it can be quite a bitchy environment. And if people are struggling or whatever, it's don't be afraid to ask for help. I'd much rather someone ask for help than not do it, but say they've done it or do it really badly. Like you're not doing yourself any favors because we've still got to come along and redo it. What are you not very good at? Um, talking kindly to myself. <laughs> oh, you should be. It's just that it's that inner drive, isn't it? And the way I talk to myself, I've never talked to other people. And again, it, it's a process. It's a journey. And it's something that I have to work on on a daily basis. So. You're in a dialogue. You're not, you're not alone in that. I, a lot of people are sort of similar. They beat themselves up. And um, I think it's, I actually think it takes a real skill to be incredibly positive about yourself all the time because you're naturally not. You're naturally critical, but you don't want it to hold you back. So yeah, I can imagine it's um, a work in progress. Good, for you, good to recognize it though. To be fair, the next one, you've given loads of top tips. I'm going to say top tip to someone just starting out in the private sector. Um, I feel like you've given loads throughout this podcast. Yeah. I'd also say self-development. Take the time to do that. And I've been quite fortunate in that um, I've set up my own little WhatsApp group of EAs, PAs um, in, in the corporate world. Because obviously I, I said I struggled with feeling isolated and not having other people to bounce off. And this was even before I knew about your WhatsApp group that I thought, why not create a space where we could share ideas, organize small meetups. And um, it's actually led to, I'm hosting um, in a couple of weeks with the help of two other EAs offsite in our office of an afternoon of working sessions, how we can support each other, development, et cetera, problem solving, and then going for dinner afterwards. Um, so it's just, it's just a, it's, we're just a small group, but it's, I think it's so important. And it's just, if you need like a quick recommendation, just like your group, it's so helpful just to be, be like, can anyone help? Yeah, that sounds great. Um, yeah, more people should do that. I think, And it's, it's a funny one in the private sector as well, because I think a lot of people think because it's on NDAs and everything's very confidential, they need to keep very, very quiet and they can't possibly talk to anybody else. And I actually think some agencies like push that and they like to keep people separate. I don't know why. I don't believe that at all. I'm with you. I think we are stronger together. Don't get me wrong. Of course, we respect confidentiality. This is a complete no-names policy. I don't want to know anything about who you work for or what goes on. And it's not about that. But you can still support one another in your roles whilst respecting the industry that you work within. So good for you. Biggest high of your career so far? Working at the company I do now. Um, but also, I've won two awards. Yeah, last year I won runner-up of EAPA of the year, the Miss Jones Business Support Awards. And then this year, um, I was shortlisted for the Leadership Award, which I didn't get. And then towards the end of the night, I was obviously quite disheartened by it. And then towards the end of the night, they announced there was an, an overall, overall award, which I didn't know anything about, for outstanding merit of excellence for someone who is setting an incredible example for others in the profession. profession and I won it. It was like such, I, my, I literally, my heart was going like the clappers. I it was so unexpected because I was just kind of, you know, when you're a bit of a lull I, this year, unfortunately, but it's um, people who have worked with you, your team, they nominate you um, and then write feedback. It was incredible to, 
to be awarded with that and to know that I'm actually being recognized for for my work and also trying to help others as well in, in the industry. So that is so lovely. When stuff like that happens, you need to be like, give you, not beat yourself up. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's nice these things have happened to give you some sort of credible, tangible sort of signs to let you know that you're doing really well. That's really cool. Um, I love these awards. And then finally, do you listen to any podcasts? Any other podcasts that you listen to, completely unrelated maybe, that you would recommend? Yeah, so actually there's three that I listen to quite regularly. It's um, the um, Diary of a CEO. Obviously, I think most people listen to that. And then there's a new uh, one I've discovered. Uh, is it Dr. Tara Schwartz, the neuroscience lady? And also Huberman Labs, which again, I think is heavily popular, but I just find them so insightful. Um, and when I'm walking to and from the station to work, they're just they're just great listens and like open your eyes to so many different things. So yeah. Ah, oh, fabulous. Great recommendations. I love the Diary of CEO, but I just feel like they're quite long and quite regular. And I really struggle to keep up with them because they're all really, really good. I want to listen to them all, but it took me about four days to get through one. Awesome. Look, thank you so much for your time. It's so nice to talk to you again. 2017, so six years ago. But um, really lovely to hear from you. Thank you for coming and telling your story. Um, just to tell everybody, Georgina said to me, as everyone does, I don't know if I'll be good enough. I don't know if my story is interesting. Super interesting. The chalet route I love into the private sector, into the EA. Really nice route to talk about. Really nice route for people to sort of nose there and pointing out, you know, things I should know sort of along the way. So thank you very much. Thank you for giving up your time. Go and enjoy the rest of your day and I will speak to you soon. Fabulous. Thank you very much for your time, Georgina. I'm very grateful every week, as you know. Very grateful for people to come give their time, especially on the days off, man. God. She didn't think she'd come across very well. How well did she come across? Really well done. Yeah, very eloquent. And just really nice to get, you know, to understand a bit more about different people's journeys, different routes in, different routes through. Yeah, and then how nice we have to come on something like this and impart some of your wisdom and give some advice to other people listening. So very well done, Georgina. Thank you very much for joining us. And that's a wrap, really, everybody. You know where I am if you need me. You can email me at philippa1l2ps at silverswanrecruitment.com. Our website, our new website is going to be live. Oh, God, next week, I think. Exciting. New website, new branding. It's going to look a bit different. All of our roles on there. Lots going on all over the place. Come and check it out. Email me if you need me to put you in direct contact with one of my consultants. But yeah, looking for staff, looking for work. Come visit us at Silver Swan. Other than that, that's a wrap and I'll see you all next week. Cheers, everybody.